Welcome to episode 106, 106 of Bono's Health. And I'm really excited to be joined on this episode by Kariana Anthes and Bill Anthes. Uh, Kariana was one of the instructors of my CrossFit Level 1 back in 2010, and I took it at her gym, CrossFit Morristown. And Bill is her husband, who is a former Green Beret. They are showing us the evolution of the group fitness model from the beat you down methodology that has worked in a lot of ways and also caused some less than ideal outcomes. So there's a lot there. Uh, and the evolution is including this more intentional type of training that requires what I would say a little bit more precision and care from folks like these running the gym. And I just love this conversation. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, rating, review, all that stuff helps us grow. We really appreciate it. Here we go. It is going, there it is. It takes a second and we are live. We got your walkout music, little pixies. Don't sue us or take us down YouTube. Um, where is your mind? And these guys, you guys are coming to us from New Jersey? Yep, New Jersey. And are you near Morristown? I mean, that's obviously... Yeah. yeah. Kariana 20, and 20 years? 20 minutes from Morristown. Oh, 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. And you've been there for you've been there for a long time, too. Where? In Morristown? New Jersey, the whole thing, yeah. Oh, New Jersey, yeah. Almost, almost lifers, which is yeah. unfortunate, but true. Yeah. Yeah, again, I, I was checking out a, a, the other one with Bill. I forgot which podcast it was talking about Montana and how, like, if you've been there for five years, you're now a native. And I forget right. which podcast that was. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Kariana Anthes, say the name right, people, and <laughs> Bill, her, her partner, husband. Um, and a uh, little story of how I know Kariana is I did my CrossFit Level 1 in Morristown, CrossFit Morristown 2010, and I got this lovely shirt. Uh, back then, uh, for anyone familiar with CrossFit, this is the, this is, we joke about this, the best thousand dollar t-shirt you'll ever get. Uh, and then this was the worst thousand dollar t-shirt you'll ever get. Uh, but yeah, this was just like leftovers from the CrossFit games that they were doing. And, um, yeah, all the fun sponsors for any old school CrossFit people. Progenics. I didn't even notice that earlier. They're just yeah. the, the headliners yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, weightvest.com. And hey, this concept too is still going strong. I see, <clears throat> I see Greg yeah. at the games behind the scenes, and they're yeah. they're yeah. skins. I bought my whole family skins, skins. for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I still have a few pairs from from those days, and you would see. Uh, was it Austin Maliolo was the one oh, like yeah. head to toe? He like he looked like he a had, Jedi, like something from Star Wars. Stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, that 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 jumps us into a little bit of our. Our first topic, and uh, I'm gonna turn that off. Uh, so, Kariana was uh, again. She was. You were one of the. I just. I remember you did the uh, the the air squat demo. That was the one of the things, and that was a an interesting crew of. Uh, I think Jason Ackerman uh, was there. John Gilson of Again Faster Fame, one of the sponsors oh, yeah. there. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else was there. There's was, was definitely a few. That, I think James I'm pretty Hobart, sure. Maybe James. I think he was, uh, and I think Jason Ackerman at the time was just interning. Jason um, Ackerman Hobart. had the longest internship ever, so he probably <laughs> interned for for like five years. Mm. Yeah, and um, 
yeah, I forgot. Oh, and I think Boz would have been the, the flow master, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. And yeah, I think Hobart was there. Um, Dave Lipson probably was there. I think I, think I have yeah. a picture of this seminar as we're. I do. I, I have one somewhere. Are you pulling it up now? I'll have I don't to know think how to, about I don't know how to give you permission to like share that. Oh, well, I'll have to find it. Yeah. I think there's a way to I'm do that. But yeah. I, I do have the little photo at the end. Um, yeah, that was definitely my, my first foray kind of and took me from the traditional physical therapy space to this whole crazy world and eventually got me to Dubai where I opened my own CrossFit gym there, CrossFit Goldbox and met my wife. And uh, that was two and a half years of time that I can't get back. No, um, I I had some good stuff that happened there. Um, But Bill is a Green Beret uh, and your only real relation to CrossFit was through her owning the box, right? Or, Or was there more? Um, I mean, I got my level one, uh, before I met her, um, and then, yeah, walked into a CrossFit gym and met her and the rest is kind of history. Well, and then he was also on seminar staff. And then Um, once I got out of the army. Little, little, little thing. (laughs) (laughs) Only one of the, uh, he's going to kill me for saying this, but two internships. Yeah. I was like, you're going to, it's going to take a while. So be patient. First one, you're not going to do anything. He calls me at lunch after the first, you know, whatever. He had Chuck. He's like, Chuck's making me teach the presses. I'm like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that's a good sign. Good good for you. So, um, but yeah, so he was on staff, which is kind of cool that we shared in that experience. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, you did spend some time in the Middle East, I believe, then, Bill. Yeah. As a Green Beret. Yeah. How long were you out there? Four months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, So obviously with the backgrounds that you both had uh, and let's, let's finish off the first part of that whole thing of the, and ending that CrossFit era, uh, Mm -hmm. especially for, for Kariana, who is one of the celebrities of CrossFit in this weird, weird space that we have. Right. I would say, Um, I think, I, I, I guess, would you describe yourself as kind of like a, you didn't really want that spotlight. Is that that's kind of the impression I, I had of you? Yeah, I don't know. Was I a celebrity? I'm not really sure. I guess that's that's out I mean, for. I think I think for those of us who entered this, like you know, we OG. all OG. We okay. we had you know everyone quotes nasty girls and mm-hmm. Annie Sakamoto and doing the muscle ups and those were right. like part of that. But also you know we would geek out into the whatever videos were on crossfit.com and and you know i i know that's how i studied for my level three exam was like i had to watch every video on on there so you were obviously involved with you know you made your way through some of those videos and probably part of a handful of like whatever it was 30 names that uh you know make it in there but yeah and yeah uh, sure i mean i i think i had the opportunity to be involved in most of the you know, I, I worked on seminar stuff. I was an affiliate owner. I was a regional athlete. I, you know, um, worked for Dave in the games, which was cool. And I got to work for CrossFit for Hope, which was the, you know, philanthropic arm for a while there with the kids initiative. So, um, so yeah, that, it's kind of cool that I got to be part of many of the things that CrossFit, the outlets, the buckets, I suppose. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was, yeah, I think, that, was my t- that was my experience. <laughs> and and I think we'll look back at, at that time as a very unique kind of growth of the fitness industry. And we're going to talk a little about what what those next steps are. But 
Uh, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about, yeah, why why you're kind of leaving that space and and uh, you know what where where the that lies and and uh, obviously yeah, I'm excited to talk about the next steps, but uh, give us a little of of yeah, what what made you kind of shift directions? Yeah, um, I guess for you know looking at that progression from like you know I found CrossFit just I was already a trainer, I was in the fitness space, someone mentioned it to me. Um, of course, like many people, I did a couple of the workouts, thought they were absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And like these numbers don't even make sense. And then there was a seminar. So I thought, you know, continuing education was something I was always passionate about. But that seminar was for sure life changing in that the thing that I w attracted me to fitness was, tr was truly that it was something you could help people make a significant impact in their lives with like through fitness as a vehicle for that. Um, and I felt like CrossFit was the first thing I encountered that really captured that potential, that essence. Um, so, and I, and I still think it does. Um, but I suppose in evolving through my own experience with the sport, I guess more so probably the sport of it. Um, and just my own studies and diving deeper into human movement and the, the you know, I won't say neuroscience, but like your, your brain yeah. and everything we now know about the nervous system and your own experiences of sport and life. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm looking for what's beyond CrossFit. I think CrossFit is an awesome part of uh, a fitness program. I think it has a tremendous value. I think the community is incredible. It's changed fitness, you know, the landscape of it. Um, but for me personally and professionally, I think I'm interested in diving a little bit deeper into how going back to those roots of, of movement as a vehicle for change. Um, and so that kind of over the last few years was, was sort of where it was going. And I felt like with that regard, the gym itself, the affiliate being a place for a little bit more emphasis on just fitness, having people come in, have fun, move their bodies. Great. But it was starting to be a little bit of a, not the, the right fit for, for my pursuits. So what's awesome is someone who's been part of the community for a long time can kind of pick up and, and continue on what we started, which was, which was awesome. Um, but for me professionally and you know, personally, just being able to dive deeper into what, what I'm interested in, which I don't think CrossFit can fulfill, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. I've been watching the space for like since around 2010 uh, myself, and it's been interesting. Yeah, owning my own affiliate, um, going out to Dubai to open it, seeing how, how different cultures take it. Again, getting to travel around the world, different regionals and, and aspects of that. Um, I, I also intern with seminar staff uh, a little bit out there in the Middle East. Uh, I have my stories about that. We can talk about another time. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely interesting to see where it is evolving. And that is kind of our next next mm -hmm. piece of it of um, how folks and, you know, things like F45 and, and uh, Orange sure. Theory have all sprung up out of the success that I think CrossFit did you know, skyrocket around that time, 2010 and, and maybe into 2015 when, when maybe it plateaued, I would, sure. I would say. Um, and since then it's kind of, yeah, been this people pulling Pelotons and, and 
different things in, in different directions. And uh, yeah, then also interestingly following, again, a lot of those celebrities, if we can call you guys that from, from those days, Brian McKenzie going over to, yeah. you know, again, sort, sort of similar stuff of breathing and, and uh, again, getting more in touch with like, there's more to this whole thing. Um, you know, I worked with James Fitzgerald, uh, who was kind of enemy of CrossFit or again, I'm not, you know, we're not here to, there's a <laughs> list. Yeah. yeah. Just sort um, of ridiculous, but that's yeah. also another topic for another day. Yeah. But just exploring that whole concept of where, you know, we're, there seems to be a lot of good stuff here. Um, mm -hmm. you know, talking, talking in depth to folks about what their good experiences, bad experiences, why they have negative experiences or positive experiences has been really interesting. And that's why I love doing this podcast, hearing from folks uh, like you guys around uh, what that evolution has been and where, where is the good, where is the bad, what should yeah. we discard? Again, nobody has all the answers. So right. um, again, it's been really interesting hearing that. So uh, yeah, that takes us into this kind of second topic, if you will, of, of um, you know, CrossFit, as it's generally seen, is, is this kind of uh, what people want, is this near-death experience, as you described it. Um, your word's not mine? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the future kind of being, and we're definitely seeing it in a lot of ways, and, and it's really cool to, again, see the entire industry have this little uh, undercurrent almost of um, getting in touch with your nervous system and being more connected, the awareness of the breathing and uh, just understanding how to, again, engage your nervous system, all the cold plunges and hot plunges and saunas and, and all these different things. So uh, that, that, you know, I'll let you kind of go with, with what is next for the fitness industry. Yeah. And, and I guess to, to just backtrack from, for CrossFit, I do think, you know, one of the things I guess sort of in its defense and we'll see what happens with it, but, you know, as much as the games are incredible, I watched the games last week. I thought it was, Boz did a great job. Like, it's incredibly impressive what these humans, we'll call them humans. I guess they're humans, what they can do. <laughs> um, yeah. But it is sort of like, you know, I always use the analogy of like the NFL versus like whatever the Pee Wee football is. I mean, yes, it's the same sport the same movement, whatever, but they're not even comparable. And I think, unfortunately, we're not at the point where people in an affiliate get that distinction enough. It's mm -hmm. too blurry. And so nobody, I think, would say that athletes, NFL players, whatever athlete you want, are the healthiest people. Um, mm -hmm. But we're kind of saying that, like, well, because it's under the umbrella of CrossFit, they are healthy, and I don't, and then that gets very muddy. So sort of to go back to the health and, you know, the fitness continuum, health, you know, wellness continuum and all the things that sort of get preached to say like, well, what's next is I don't know that that is all inclusive enough. So when we talk about different people, Brian McKenzie, the nervous system, like we're kind of still putting on blinders and the industry has what we've learned in the last five years, 10 years um, about breathing, about heart rate, about, you know, we're still not in my opinion, CrossFit's kind of like still putting on the blinders and still saying about the heart rate monitor in the endurance community. And I think that's, that's short-sighted. Um, so where I think that the industry is going, I think we've come out of, like every, every decade has its thing. And you've been in fitness a long time and PT. And like, I, I don't know if you know who um, 
Ben Bruno. Ben Bruno is mm-hmm. he's like yep. the tr- trainer, yep. and he's trainer funny. To he the stars. Like a, yeah, and he had like a Bosu ball in, in the trash can the other day, and he was like, "Oh, finally, like the perfect place for a Bosu ball." <laughs> it was it was kind of a funny like nod to some of that stuff. But every decade of fitness has had its thing, you know. Um, and I feel like this past phase we've all been in, and and they all something positive or something we've learned like carries you know, forward from it. But this has all been about intensity, you know, Orange Theory, F45, CrossFit. And I think what we've learned and where we're going is realizing like, okay, that's intensity is good. We need intensity. It wasn't really there in step aerobics and those kinds of things back, you know, 20 years ago. But now we're kind of seeing like, ooh, maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's too much. What do we need to do to balance that out? And my experience in our CrossFit affiliate, because we tried before we <laughs> parted ways, mm-hmm. we tried to, okay, we can, you know, not change the whole culture. I think there's, we've, we've come up with, you know, what, and this is kind of, I guess, later down the, the discussion, but how to apply some of these concepts to a CrossFit gym. But I do think um, some of the challenges are that space and that environment it makes it really hard for someone to not just be go super intense all the time. Um, and so I think where the industry is going is recognizing we need a balance. We need to learn to like reconnect with what the body signals are, what they're telling us. And that might sound really woo woo, but you take something as simple as hunger. We've come through like a decade of people like not listening to when they're actually hungry and just following a clock. And so you ask people like, Hey, like just, well, when are you hungry? Well, I don't know, because I ignore that. So it's sort of coming back to like the body is way smarter than we give it credit for. Um, how do we kind of simplify that in the industry and and have a little more balance versus just every day crush ourselves? And if you don't crush yourself, then you're a piece of shit and you are a failure. Like, because that's kind of been a little bit of the loop. Um, so I think we're, I'm hoping that we're moving away from that and not having fitness continue to be this um, sort of, if everything's a nail, you're a hammer, whatever. I always yeah. get that yeah. wrong, yeah. but you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, no, that, that's the right one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Th- that all makes sense. And again, I've definitely been, been watching that uh, as a physical therapist, especially with um, great interest to say the least of, you know, again, a lot of the joke in the medical spaces yeah, they're putting my kids through college, like CrossFit, definitely, you know, to orthopedic surgeons and and all the slap tears and things like that. And, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff there where, yeah, it's, it's, we're going to do the, the nail hammer kind of concept that you're talking mm-hmm. about for sure. Um, so yeah, so where between the ears, uh, is, is the next venture and let's, let's dive into that and, and what, how that's kind of, uh, you know, providing maybe an alternative and based on everything we just talked about, to this beat beat you down methodology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, so between the ears, it, it really can be described, I, I think, best as like a lens through which you view whatever pursuit. I just I put you on. Don't worry, you're good. Oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> thought, oh, sorry. Oh my god, we lost him. <laughs> no, um, you're good. And so it, it it's not what. It's 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 like kind of like everything and nothing at the same point in that it's not a type of workout, it's not what you do, but much more how how you're doing it, how you're engaging with it. And with the it, it's really about you. And so it's 
it's both like a mirror and a uh, and a window that reflects back and allows you to look into yourself. How it and and where it sort of became an interesting thing for us to develop over, I guess, six years now, is one of the bits in that CrossFit does very well in speaking about intensity. That you know, after owning an affiliate, well, Cariana for almost fifteen years, and you know, I was involved and in taught level ones and all of that. Constantly varied functional movements, executed at high intensity, relative to physiological and psychological tolerances, and that's a that's a very that's a beautiful statement and a, and, and a great one. And my question to myself, first of all, was always, what are those psychological tolerances? I was a you know all American college athlete, special forces, like training. The, the, the mental piece is always what gave me, I felt like uh, um, it, it made it makes up for talent. It, it makes up for skill. It allows you to acquire skill and become more talented. Uh, but that mental component was something that, you know, when I first heard the quote, the greatest adaptation in cross occurs between your ears, I was like, beautiful. That's exactly it. That's that's describing every athlete's validated experience of 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 their pursuit and whatever their sport is and unfortunately i don't think that the industry um touches it i don't think that fitness touches psychological tolerances and not necessarily just crossfit or not not crossfit but the fitness industry as a whole in fact preys on scarcity it preys on um Disfunk, disordered thinking and shutting off. Yeah, yeah, not and shutting yeah. off. Yeah, and so, um, so what between the ears seeks to do is to complement movement practices, um, movement pursuits, to allow that individual to not just be exposed to whatever their their weaknesses are, but to train them. Uh, and that's really where it does look at more of an intention. It, 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 it looks at, you know, being, uh, trauma informed, being, having, having a professional coaching kind of, uh, like I'm a therapist. So there's that as well, like having the ability to counsel and provide therapy and, but not having something be necessarily super clinical. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's kind of where that, that was always this, the, the genesis of between the ears was always, how do we provide an experience for someone to establish like a deeper uh, connection to themselves and so that they can express who they are f- to, to, to their, to their fullest, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and it really started with some, I mean, we'd still do um, more of like an event type thing, or maybe like a, a workout that's, you know, kind of not about the workout, but it's a movement practice. But then from the day-to-day application, as it relates to kind of fitness, we're asking people to uh, like have where they're at, how they feel, what their intention is, that informs what they do. So the norm in our gym, because we have a brick and mortar gym, is for people to be doing different things. So you're not pulled into if if I'm having a kind of a shitty day, I'm tired, I'm, I'm sort of like, look, I need to like give myself a break today. And Bill is having the best day of his life and just wants to like get, you know, express and like get after it. Um, 
that is acceptable. That's the norm. And, and people are being coached for their own needs. And, and that ultimately, I think, is what builds on people's fitness and their desire to come back to the gym. I mean, anybody can crush themselves even if they don't feel like it. Endorphins work. It's just like, well, what's the impact the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year? So, yeah, it's kind of a between the ears is everything from the everyday stuff, how how to apply that to your movement practice and that lens all the way to more events that are approachable for people, but not like, you know, as Bill always says, like, you don't, it'd be great if like people climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or, or ascending Everest or doing something epic. That's awesome. Um, but that's not approachable for a lot of people. And even if you do that, how are you carrying that forward and, and practicing those things that you learned beyond that in the day to day? And I think that's the piece that's kind of yeah. sometimes missing, um, in, in, in life with, you know, but, but movement and experience and impact. I mean, we look at any, like I did an Ironman doing the games, anything people have done, someone doing something that's challenging for them in any way physically we know it has such an impact so how can we bring that down to the like micro level and make that part of someone's experience more regularly that's kind of what we do so awesome yeah that's a pretty good encapsulation <laughs> for sure <laughs> um and yeah I, i'll just share a little bit of my uh, journey with with that whole concept of mental toughness is, is one of those concepts that gets thrown in there and i was trying to be a regional games athlete at some point. I was working with James Fitzgerald and then I switched to another coach. The other coach was more classic CrossFit kind of, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. She uh, was encouraging me to go to seal fit. Um, Cause again, as, as a doctor of physical therapy, doing a lot of CrossFit high level workouts, athletic workouts, I'm, I had that whole wellness continuum right. uh, in my mind. And I'm like, I'm okay, you know, going 30 seconds slower on this workout if my back's not gonna hurt tomorrow. Um, right, which and, is smart. <laughs> and yeah, again, like, yeah, you know, I didn't, I, 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 I didn't get into whatever the top 30 in, in the Northeast regional, uh, you know, I finished whatever 67th or whatever. So, you know, I'm okay with that. Um, mm -hmm. and you have to be okay with that. And, but the intentionality of the mental toughness piece is, um, I, I spoke with, and, and again, Bill, I'd love to hear your, your kind of thoughts. Well, both of you guys, of course, love to hear both your thoughts on this, but, um, so her, her opinion was you got to go do seal fit. And you got to like suffer and that's how you build mental toughness. And then I actually spoke with James Fitzgerald about it. Um, and he was like, no, you need to build capacity and you need to be comfortable with like, I know I can pull a 142.0 on the rower and get off and go do 30 clean and jerks or whatever. And, and like, if that's the piece of it, it's just the mental toughness comes from the confidence of knowing what you're capable of. And, oh, if I go to 141.0 and literally when you get into the physiology and the interesting stuff like that, if that is what you're training for, then, you know, that having that awareness of 142 is just, and you, the goal is always to be right as close to red line as possible um, and be able to go to the next thing. So there's some really interesting stuff. And again, to, you, you brought up the CrossFit games before. And so when we're talking about these superhumans uh, doing all these crazy things, it's really fascinating how they're kind of reinventing some of the things that exercise physiology never quite understood because no one's ever done you know, let's do whatever five thrusters on the minute at 200 pounds for 20 minutes. And it's like, right, what? Right. And, yeah. you know, you look in the textbooks and I remember, I think it was CJ Martin, another famous CrossFit coach or Ben Bergeron talking about how, 
they were like, I expect you to quit after like six minutes and you get to 20 minutes and you're still kind of like, I can keep going. You want me to keep going? Right, you, right. Yeah. So there's this disconnect of, of what the body's capable of. And then the mental piece of it, of like, mm -hmm. I just, I have that confidence. I'm going to keep pushing uh, and possibly not being connected to your body. So the intentionality, I heard that, that lovely word that I love in there. Um, again, running my gym is always something uh, I would include a lot of workouts for quality and that's a big gymnastics kind yeah. of piece, but right, tra right. traditional CrossFit for anyone listening, will say we're doing four rounds for time. So you're doing everything as fast as you can, less care about full range of motion, or, you know, you're doing a hip shift or you're doing butt wink and we can get into yeah. all the fun terms. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting. I think, um, seeing more of this higher quality type of content spill out um in, into again the again the opex model sounds like you guys are kind of similar to that i don't want to put you in a box but of the individual design where you can have 20 people working out in a group fitness class but again there might be 20 different workouts going on um mm. whatever this space allows based on again uh, like i don't know if you guys are into the whoop and i have i have mine on here but you know tells me if i'm recovered enough and and you know again with when we when everyone doesn't have a whoop over the years, I've been exploring all the different things. You can reassess, you know, baseline grip strength. And if your grip strength is down more than 10% from your baseline, maybe you need to scale things down um, mm -hmm. or go down, touch your toes. Again, maybe if you, if you lose some capacity there, I also do a lot of online coaching. So that was kind of the way I could check their nervous system. Yeah. Um, you do a set of 10 deadlifts and you reassess your toe touch. And if you got shorter in your toe touch, uh, that's a sign that your nervous system's like, I don't like something that just happened. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. that intentionality and, and again, being able to have those deeper conversations. Yeah. And I think like the, cause I think the question about the confidence is a good one for Bill. And I think that's something we've talked about a lot, like confidence versus belief. And, but just before like the, uh, you know, one of the things that we do is, and, and same thing, like for quality, we're, we're sort of non-dogmatic. So a lot of the people that come here, they're either not interested in CrossFit or maybe they were at CrossFit and they they were looking for what was next. Um, but it's definitely, uh, you know, Bill came up with like a self-assessment and we have certain questions for people. And when you, you know, I'll just ramble off. I listened to Rich Roll, Caroline Burkle. She was an Olympic um, swimmer, um, whoever else was, oh, I was watching the Lindsey Vaughn documentary, skier. Okay. We have a friend who's a coach for the Jets. All high level athletes, it seems to me, are doing an assessment before they're doing their conditioning, like, because it's very, it, there's a, it makes sense. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect, like the CrossFit, in the CrossFit space, people want to be these they want to be akin to these athletes and they want to just do more workouts. They don't want to do the other stuff, the boring stuff, the self-assessment, the pulling back, the making adjustments, the isometric training mm -hmm. or the iso isolated training, you know, doing more bodybuilders. Like it's, it's missing some of the stuff that um, not that we're saying that these are the healthiest athletes in terms of, you know, I mean, they're doing a lot of training, but, um, but those are pieces that are really, really important if you're going to, you can't just take the, the fun, the fun stuff, you know, and, and, yeah. and unfortunately, yeah, that, that doesn't end well for people health-wise, but, <laughs> um, but getting back to the Navy SEAL, uh, SEAL fit, I think that's an interesting, I'm sure you have a thought. Yeah. On that. I mean, I think <clears throat> mental toughness isn't an action. Um, 
it, it, it manifests in one, but that's not what it is. And I think mental toughness at its core is actually a myth. Uh, a myth not being a lie, but a myth being uh, almost like an archetypical story that we tell ourselves that has meaning that that drives us towards whatever you know whatever it may be and with with mental toughness and the myth of that you know there is this confidence component that's necessary from a from a physical performance from a capacity performance hey what is confidence confidence is i know i can because i have mm-hmm. i have confidence that i can maintain 143 per split 10 unbroken cleaning tricks because I've trained it. I've built the capacity. You know, programming is 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 really for like linear. Like it's not all that difficult once you understand a couple concepts. And so we, we build up the confidence to know that I can because I have. And that's that's beautiful. And then we get into the real world where we get into a scenario that's high stress, lots of uncontrollables, uh, you know, ambitious pursuits. And that capacity gets tested not just physically, where you're you know, you're in your gym and you've got you know your right music on, you've had your sip of water. Like real life comes along and just it says like, now what, motherfucker? Like what are you gonna <laughs> do when all of that stuff is gone? And that's the sort of opportunity for mental toughness and this myth to really take shape. And I think that when we step beyond confidence and then we enter the realm of belief, um, that's when we, we become who we believe we can, who that myth, that, that, that mythological character that is us. And to have belief, to develop belief, I think belief is really truth without proof. I mm-hmm. believe I can do something, but I don't have any real evidence to necessarily support it. But there's this deeper desire this deeper this this truth it, it sounds a lot like faith but i mean that's that kind of leads folks i think off this off the center of the target and so in my experience at least in in in, in you know being in the being in special forces and going to selections and all of that um it's about belief and and it's about that you know the mental toughness component isn't the um, outward, externally observable, like wow, that dude's jacked. That that person's super fit. That 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 they're fast. They're this. They're that. Um, it's it's something much much deeper. And the belief is what burns. Um, is such a just a stronger fuel source. Uh, but we have no proof for that. And that's the beauty about belief. And what we can do in training is through different workouts and through you know the ability to work with people individually or or remotely or group is we want both we want confidence and belief we want to know that hey i know i can because i have and i believe i will be able to do something completely new and i think that is really some of the way to capture also this other thing that cross it does a wonderful job with putting on the map to people is this notion of the unknown and the unknowable mm-hmm. that's not confidence <laughs> you, ha- you can't have confidence for something you literally don't know or don't even know that you don't know it's it's more of that belief standpoint if that if that kind of makes sense and i think that's where mental toughness then is this um it's the genre of a type of book it's not a specific book if that makes sense it it definitely does and yeah i love uh where that that kind of just took us that was awesome um yeah 
you mentioned the belief is truth without proof. And as we're recording this, I don't know if you guys are following the Alex Jones trial, but there's some funny stuff there. Um, <laughs> the, basically, for anyone, whenever you listen to this, this is going to be, you know, live forever on the Internet, uh, is the, the judge said, uh, just because you believe it does not mean it's true. You know, uh, you're not. That's what that's the whole trial is about, uh, you know, kind of saying you can't just go and say things. Uh, but right. very different, very different thought process. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so coming back to it, though, but the thing that that I uh, again, I love that concept. There's a lot of, to unpack there. I feel like we can spend a few hours on that for sure. But um, and it sounds like that's kind of what you guys are invariably doing. That it, that sounds like a big tenet of uh, the, this this endeavor of between the ears. Yeah. Um, but for me, where I want to be selfish and, uh, you know, I call this bonus health, but I also uh, joke about the fact that or, or say, you know, I want to learn from from, you know, what perspective where I can evolve and grow, because this is an, a forever learning thing. I think it's important to have that perspective as clinicians. So for the clinicians out there, um, seeing folks get injured, um, especially in the CrossFit space, I've definitely have the trouble where. I want to say within CrossFit, nine times out of 10, my, let's say eight times out of 10, my, uh, the, the diagnosis and the prescription I give is rebuilding tendon health because tendons tend to get ignored. Um, and I think our current healthcare system has very poor treatment for tendons. I do, sounds like you guys are kind of, again, downstream helping address some of that stuff, uh, or upstream, I might be confusing that myself. Um, in terms of, like you said, doing some of the boring stuff, the isometrics, the tempo, uh, these kind of things. So, but again, a lot of times when I get these folks who are, and they've seen, they've gotten injections, they've tried, you know, to change their ranges of motion or, or all these modifications. And usually by the time I get to them, they've seen at least 10 other clinicians. And my advice to them is to go on a 12 week, very specific uh, kind of tendon rebuilding program uh, that's going to resensitize, desensitize and rebuild a lot of their confidence as well of, of what their body's capable of, but literally physiologically rebuilding the tendon. So, yeah. and I have to say, you know, especially recently, especially out here in Boulder, uh, where <laughs> Colorado people are very active. It's definitely their primary um, outlet. It seems like for, mm -hmm. for physical expression, they're not willing to take 12 weeks off from whatever they love to do um, mm -hmm. to again, possibly add, you know, 10 to 20 years, of further life on the back end of that. Uh, either I'm not doing a good enough job of selling that or they just, there is just that huge hurdle to overcome. Um, and again, obviously when you get buy-in, when you get trust as a, a brick and mortar, I think I'd love to hear again, if you guys have dealt with that, uh, if, you know, just again, having to convince people to do stuff that they would think is boring or, or not want to do. Uh, so it sounds yeah. like there's definitely some overlap there. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I, I think to your point, it kind of depends on where they're coming from. Um, and one of the things, and I'll speak for myself, obviously being active is super important for people and healthy, and we want them to do that. There's also a very slippery slope to like your identity tied up in that. So when you're asking people like, you know, if, if there is someone injured and then all of a sudden they have to take a break from that or change something. It, it The next question is like, well, well, then like, who am I or what am I going to do? Um, and that is tough. And that's like one of the things to really, that's much deeper. And I think like it's not for just a trainer at a local CrossFit to sort of probably have the skills to deal with that. Um, 
but yeah, I think for sure the, 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 the relationship piece is huge. And to your point, like that's, I think building relationship with the person, um, trying to, you know, for, for our sake here, we don't do certain movements. We don't do snatches. We don't do clean and jerks. We don't, I mean, if someone comes in and they know how to, and they're like, I really want to do this. We're not going to say like, no, you may not do that in here. We don't have high rings. Like some of it is building those things, carries all the stuff that, you know, people, um, that are going to, that's going to help with their longevity, with their health and making fitness about something more than just, um, trying to separate a little bit of like, well, what does this say about me if I take this break or, or, or do this thing? I don't know if that was clear, but I don't know if you want to jump in. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously the identity component, which is, which every single, I mean, even when we're talking about who's at higher risk for getting rhabdo, Mm. you know, it's always going to be the former athlete, Mm -hmm. never the newbie, you know what I mean? Sometimes. Uh, Yes. But but if somebody is like brand new and they, and you know, they're brand new and they know they're brand new and you're a coach and you're leading class, you're like, okay, Hey, today, yeah, you're not going to do 95 pound (laughs) thrusters and, 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 and uh, pull-ups of course. So, but it's, 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 99% 99% of the time, it's the former athlete. Nah, man, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm good or, or you know, who, whomever. And so what's that about? It's about their identity. It's about who they believe they are. Um, and yeah, there's a whole bunch you can unpack and analyze and dive into. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that when you have three minutes. I mean, I work with athletes in a clinical setting and it's months being a veteran being um we have a we have a suicide crisis among veterans and i and i and i don't mean to be simplistic in that it's just a loss of identity however what happens is and i've lived this and thankfully have survived the journey out of it is that it does become an all-consuming that's it that's what you are that's who you are and throughout your pursuits and throughout your long you know whatever you put into it that is what fuels you and it works because it is incredibly powerful however there's a lot of dysfunction that can occur in the in the pursuit of that as well you know never taking rest day always going hard blah 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 so when we look at the identity and how that's influencing how people show up and what they then choose to execute um many times it's it (laughs) It does. It, it makes sense why someone who can't take twelve weeks off because what does that say about them? I've never taken twelve weeks off. I've never. And we're not even saying sit or, sit on your ass. It's just like, hey, pull back a little bit. You think you're an athlete? Good. Learn something new. Master this basic trait. You know, pelvis angle, this and that, the other engagements, all of the sort of like nerdy stuff that we could really get into. Um, and 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 it's super tough, but yeah, what we do here is, you know, we 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 do set folks up for what we think is um, something that allows them to integrate both, like the mental health component as well as the physical fitness thing, where there's less of an emphasis on on performance. Uh, we we want to improve our performance and our capacity to do, 
but we don't want to, um, it's just a slippery slope when performance becomes the external validation that at first puts you on a pedestal and then it puts you into a prison. And so, you know, having been in the industry and, and outside of the industry too, and in different communities for, I think as long as we've been in, we, as leaders of this brand and of this approach to integrative, you know, holistic fitness. Yeah. Like, like why wouldn't you learn from your experiences? Why wouldn't you iterate it? it it's incredibly dangerous not to. And so yeah. that's what we, we take that near and dear to our heart. I, we have a good friend client who's a, also a PT and I went to see him yesterday and I was jotting down the exercises that I need to do uh, ironically for a tendon issue and I, he said, I, I was like, let me just make sure I have these right. And he's like, this is good because I see people. And then three weeks later, I'm like, so show me your exercises. And they're like, oh yeah, I didn't do them. I don't even remember them. And it's like, what are you mm-hmm, doing? Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably 30% of the people that are going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then they might come see you in 10 years when they're like, yeah, I can't walk now or whatever. And then there's 30% that are like, okay, I'll kind of do it. And then there's 30% that are like, okay, like I get the longevity, I get the intention. But that's what's really funny. There are athletes that want to do all the hard things. Mm-hmm. But the hardest thing might be, or you want to be <laughs> mentally tough. Okay, you're telling me you want to be mentally yeah. tough. You're telling me you're doing these hard things. That might include taking this step back, rebuilding. You know, um, so sometimes I think it becomes a little bit selective in what we're, if, how we're defining that, but that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and where that takes me is again, where I've shifted my business is, is trying to do these kind of annual orthopedic screenings as I call them. And orthopedic is like, get, oh, that's not a good word for the public and they won't know what that means. And okay, cool. But like, as we get into it, it literally is assessing their movement head to toe. Uh, so it's maybe a movement screen, but, uh, and to, you know, the concept of virtuosity, which CrossFit has certainly talked about of doing the basics really, really well. And again, you see folks who are doing all these complex things and then you're like, show me your hinge with a PVC pipe and they like, can't do it right. Um, it's like, oh yeah, no wonder you have herniated discs and, you know, numbness and pain down your right, right leg. Like you have all these imbalances that you've just been ignoring. For X amount of time, um, yeah, it's definitely my frustration. So you guys kind of hit a hot button for me, <laughs> trigger wise. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's that's the nature of the thing. So it sounds like, uh, and again, you know, obviously you're trying to grow your brand. And I just had Kelly and Juliet Starrett on here. Um, yeah, and uh, I was just kind of like, is there hope for the future? Because they're they're certainly uh, <laughs> on kind of the the, yeah. the you know leading edge of of the fitness space to some extent, and um, you know they they I, I asked them you know what's the hope? And again, my thought is we need like a Jack Lalane superhero uh, to step up and be like, this is the one person who can spout some good wisdom and basics yeah. and be like, eat your vegetables and you know like do, do some deep squats, and if you have a problem, like go see Dr. Bo or you know whatever. And it, you know that that I don't think that's going to happen with the way mm-hmm. there's so much out there. Um, right. And it's, it's, yeah, in this crazy age of over-information. So there, I'm bringing them up because their uh, ultimate stance, and I'd be, again, curious if this, because it sounds like this is kind of the path you guys are taking, is just be a node, is, is how Juliet put it, be a node within your community. So if you can affect 100 people within like a 10-mile radius of you or whatever, and they're going to come into, into your 
brick and mortar or even into your garage and do weekend workouts, that kind of thing. And you can affect those folks to be like, oh, let's start eating more locally sourced food and, you know, let's sure. support our farmer. And, yeah. and, uh, and then also, yeah, like let's just meet up and, and create a little bit of a community. And, and that's kind of what the beauty of the original CrossFit was. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And as you, yeah. you know, back, back in the day, it was like the joke was, hey, there's like a built in asshole filter because you have to check yeah. your ego at the door. Yeah. And if this, you know, good looking female next to you is squatting 200 pounds and you can only squat to depth like 100 pounds, you're like, I, I can't handle this. It's my identity, my right. ego, all right. that stuff. Um, and, and so it's a really cool thing. I actually have a really good friend who's just starting kind of CrossFit. He's a physical therapist. He's in his fifties, um, up in Connecticut and he's just kind of playing around with, with starting into that space. And it's really interesting again, hearing him, like, uh, he's kind of in that OPEX model where they're doing map sessions and he's like 30 minutes of like low intensity stuff. What, what? Like, (laughs) and it's, it's, it's definitely a mindset shift. Yeah. I think to your point, the original, like where CrossFit started, I think we just need to sort of, at the least for that community. And I think the games were kind of a cool nod to that, like, to, to be honest. Um, but getting back to some of the original concepts and thoughts and like, I guess, an authentic approach to health. But, you know, one of the things, and I've said this before, <clears throat> that I loved hearing when I heard it at seminars was they would say, you know, we're not attached to thrusters and muscle ups. And mm-hmm. you probably remember this. Mm-hmm. If, if tomorrow we found out that hula hooping and roller skating, mm-hmm. that was yep. going to get us, like we would mm-hmm. abandon all this. Right. And I guess I'm sort of wondering like, well, okay, there are things we're saying like, Ooh, yeah. Like nobody can deny the shoulder issues, the back issues, some some of these things. And I get it that CrossFit is maybe uncovering, but at the same time, we have to look at it. And I I think one of the pitfalls of CrossFit is not wanting to look at those areas of improvement. We, you know, we're saying where the, the red shirts are the best in the world and, and this and that. And we're teaching this stuff. And, and I just think when people leave the seminar, we're, we're missing what's happening at the affiliate level. And it's getting farther from that original source of be a node and, and you know, teach these things and, and have that be part of your culture. And we, um, and I don't know if that's some of the influence of the games or what that is, but I think the hope for the fitness industry at large is, it is to me refreshing that there are people, people are listening to Huberman, Peter Atia, like there's some people out there outside of just the CrossFit space that, you know, it's cool to see like a Huberman quote somewhere and someone's like, oh, wow, the brain, like that actually is attached to the rest of our body. (laughs) Like that's a new concept. Like there's some of those people, not that he's the Jack or LA fitness or Jacqueline of, you know, but you know, it's certainly that wasn't around five years ago where people mm-hmm. were thinking about, Ooh, how does this affect my mood? How does moving and sleeping? And so, you know, that is kind of our hope. Like that's been, we are purists to that being a change for people. As I said, where I, where I started 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so if that had to mean kind of abandoning CrossFit, cause it couldn't be true to that, then that's what it meant. And that's where we've kind of moved on to. So I think for sure for people um, you know, who have, who see this or who want to change, like 
yeah, you have to be that for the, the maybe your family or maybe it is your gym or whatever it is. Um, but that's, but hopefully we're with people like that are, that are sort of influential in the community. Um, and, and I think they are there. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, maybe it'll take some of these folks getting to a point where they realize they're not achieving longevity. And unfortunately, the, the only way that we might get there is when they get there and they're like, oh, crap, I can't pick up my kids. I can't pick right. up my grandkids. Um, maybe we need to reevaluate. Um, so I think there's hope, but I think it's going to take more people like us and, you know, <laughs> um, kind of continuing to do the work for sure. Yeah. And again, recently I've noticed um, one of the first things I do with every person in front of me is assess their breathing. So I just have them put a hand on their chest, hand on their belly, and can they even access that belly breathing? Um, and for those that cannot, you know, it, it and uh, Kelly mentioned this on that podcast is just so folks just have difficulty self-soothing. Um, and in this crazy world that we're all living in and whether we're, you know, reading news or uh, just, you know, stressful yeah. with finances, all these different things um, that are not going away anytime soon. Uh, if you can start to self-soothe and again, with intentionality and these kind of concepts and not have to rely on bourbon or, or marijuana to do that, um, whatever those, those things are, it's um, the breathing pieces to me, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm, it's too simple um, or, you know, it, it's, it's it, folks are just like, I came here, to a doctor of physical therapy and I'm paying you X amount of dollars and all you're telling me is to breathe better. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. like yeah. all the science and my, you know, I, I, I think I did the math at some point. I spent half a million dollars in education on, on how the human body works. Um, right. And I'm like, unfortunately comes back to eat some, eat some broccoli, right, learn to right, breathe with your right. belly. And like that covers 80% of, of your problems right here. Um, and you continuing to chase all these shiny objects is what throws us off to some extent. And I've had people, again, I've had people who I get them to buy in and they're like, my back pain's gone within two days. Cause I, I've just been really focusing on breathing my belly. Uh, right. I've had people who like get angry at me, uh, and, and yeah. cancel memberships or whatever of like, I, I don't want to deal with breathing. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like I'm, I'm not the person for you. Um, hmm. So it's a very interesting time and space. And again, I, I have faith that those folks will eventually see the light um, yeah. or, you know, it's, it's putting all the pieces together. And again, I certainly know I have my, uh, wh whether it's marketing and, and again, manipulating and, you know, however you call it, <laughs> um, you know, at some point early in my career, and again, uh, I've read how to win friends and influence people. And my takeaway from that was like, here's how to manipulate the psychology and what people want to hear like oh you're pretty you're shiny and keep doing this thing and maybe you can sneak in the you know the the spoonful yeah. of medicine helps the or spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down kind of thing but it's like or the compliment sandwich was always very popular in crossfit um <laughs> the, the barbell shrug guys would always talk about that like hey your hair looks really nice today your squat sucks but hey your shoes your shoes look really good too or whatever but uh you know sneaking that that your squat sucks thing in there and yeah yeah it's, yeah, the uh, marketing, the marketing, unfortunately, the truth and the simple stuff doesn't seem to sell. <laughs> so, well, you can't sell breathing. That's the yeah. thing, I think, you know, but you can see Rich work out with the airwave mm -hmm. mouthpiece, which legit, like, yeah. I'm sure there's people way, way smarter than I 
that have developed this thing and it's like so you're telling me i just need to put this thing in my mouth and i can just get superpower and that's <laughs> that's the, that's how it gets pitched because it's way easier to buy something to not right. versus to acquire a new skill to go mm -hmm. through the pain of backing off you know um we, you know, from a, from a military standpoint, you know, our our guns were were fairly expensive as far as lasers and sights and scopes and this, da, 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 da. yet if all when if it turns on, it'll turn on you, and because of the technology mm -hmm. of that, if you only relied on whatever that might be to place an accurate place an accurate shot, and it. And it, and it goes away and you don't know how to look down iron sights or you don't know fundamentals of of marksmanship and this goes for anything in which technology has a say um you're a liability you're you're you you don't understand you know you have this awesome fishing pole but you don't know the first thing about fish and, and about their behavior and about any of that and so um telling somebody i'm gonna provide you with something that you're gonna need to work on that you're going to probably suck at at first, that you're going to be super frustrated by, um, that you're going to maybe have to question your identity. I'm an athlete who does, you know, when we first started doing just pure nasal breathing workouts, I did seven wall balls and I had to hmm. drop and be like, <gasps> take this big old thing of air. And like, yeah. I, I, you know, had decent conditioning itself, but like learning that skill, learning that skill now to where it's like, yeah, hey, no problem. We'll do it's it's just how we do things and so um you know but there's the process in that and and yet if there's a if there's a buy if there's a product to buy that bypasses the actual pursuit mm. that's yeah the weight belts the you know all of that stuff i mean same thing well, and and, it's, you know, it's, it's not same, easy the, the mindset you know that word kind of is tough like for us because <laughs> like mindset's a great word it's just kind of like how it's been overused and butchered and mm -hmm. um but i suppose it's a bit of the the sugar makes the medicine go down thing mm -hmm. if you know because we have a seminar that we've developed for that's great for crossfit gyms non-crossfit gyms whatever like it's not competing with crossfit or saying like hey you should stop doing this it's it's applying that lens that we're talking about to whatever you're doing. It could be yoga, cross, whatever. I think it works. I think it is one of the things to start making that shift and help people improve their health, improve their relationship to CrossFit, you know, make improvements to their fitness and all those things. Um, but if the cell is a little bit of like, we are talking about mindset, mm -hmm. but it's probably not quite like, it's not like we're going to spray them with a hose and do the Navy SEAL fit thing. <laughs> um, but I suppose if that is kind of like, hey, this is going to help your performance, if that's the sell to get them to kind of like, oh, yeah, that's what I want, then great. Like, mm -hmm. fine. Like, that's okay. It's not a lie. It's not a, to your point, is it a manipulation? I don't know. It will help that. It'll also help many other things. Um, but so I think that's the kind of, you know, a little bit of a play with how we approach these things because, um, you know, when, when Bill first started make, having some questions, I'll say that about CrossFit and maybe how I moved or oh. how I got things done in my workouts. 
like I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to, I was that, I was that person, you know, Mm -hmm. and it did take me a long time. Um, so I do get it. And that's not really a, you know, it can sound very judgmental and that's wrong because I, I, it did take my own process. So I think if we can provide people that little bit of a nugget that kind of gets them thinking about like, maybe it isn't initially performance or how do I get better at this, but provides them something bigger as well. That's, that's kind of our goal. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just add in again, that whole concept of, even if you're a weekend warrior that, you know, again, hopefully that term doesn't offend anyone, but um, the, the concept that if you're comparing yourself to these top tier athletes, like they spend, you know, whatever Russell Wilson spends over $5 million on his body and, you know, a year kind of thing, uh, whatever the numbers are. And, and, you know, it's, the end of the day, LeBron James sleeps 12 hours a night. Like these are things that, can we take away the basics? And, and obviously again, if you're a weekend warrior, like, and you're not willing to spend $5,000 a year on your body, uh, uh, if you don't have that budgeted in and you want to kind of, you know, keep driving as again, I'll give Kelly Starrett credit for that one with the emergency break on, um, and grinding Mm -hmm. down your knee or grinding down your shoulder until it breaks. Uh, you know, those are the conversations that are tough to have for sure. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, so, I, I feel like I'm turning this into my, uh, whining about <laughs> <laughs> the marketing yeah, around trying to convince it's... people. Yeah. But I think it's, it's in line with like, and I'll usually just, I don't I usually just take a snapshot of, uh, evaluating and assessing someone, um, not through a judgment, but through an observation of what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're not saying, what they're not doing. You're, you either fall into three, one of three camps. You're either exercising your comp- um, your uh, training or you're competing mm. and you can't live in you, it, it, it would be beneficial you can't live in all of the in only one of those all the time there's beauty to just being exercising just moving your body being out being active no real intent no deeper order no frankly sacrifice then you move into the training component and I can always tell the degree of someone, how much someone's training by how much they're sacrificing. Because mm. if, if, if nothing gets removed, and, and essentially that's a way of saying if you don't prioritize whatever it is you're, you're, you're training for by deprioritizing other things, you're not training, you're exercising. And if you're competing, then it's like, yeah, hey, this is, this is do or die. This is put it all out on the line there. And, and if you're in the people like, no, I'm competing. And if you're never not exercising or if you're never actually training, if you're training, but not sacrificing or never competing when you're training and, you know, you you can kind of see like, where do you, where do people fall into those buckets and when are they getting outside of it? So for somebody who's always training this, this, this 24, seven, 365 training cycle. And, you know, we love to talk about, whatever the 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 ironies of all of socio, social stuff but like okay like yeah i just need to be like a fucking navy seal i just need to be like David <laughs> okay right on so what and everybody that's been on us what's res, res what, go ahead tell me about red phase when you come back and you redeploy and you're you're, you're back from the mission what do you do it's re- rest recovery refit it, you mm-hmm. take some leave you're not you're not you're not you're not doing the deed anymore you're right. resting you're recovering you're maybe hopefully catching up on family stuff and, <laughs> and all of that. And then you get out of that. You, then, all right, we're getting back into the train up, going to different schools, doing different ranges, like doing like yeah, higher David order Goggins training. Yeah, David are telling you if you don't get up at 3 a.m. every day. 
Well, but that yeah. yes, that's the, the the competing message of there's got to be a day where. But for the normal, in. yeah, for sure, and, and and the fear is, you know, I think it's, yeah, I mean, look, the fear is if I sleep in past four thirty or five or whatever it might be today, then that means then that's I'm opening up the can, the slippery slope, to never waking up and never pursuing my goals. And I feel like that's pretty low, like that's pretty weak in my mind. If that's what has to happen, you know, then that's, that's weak. Cause who, cause like I, you know, no, like being actually more capable is saying like, Oh no, I did that. I slept in, I didn't wake up today. And that has literally no bearing on who I am. Cause I'm going to continue to elevate and be, you know, be, be my best self versus living in this fear of not wanting to be somebody. How about we look more into the acceptance of who we're actually going to be, not the fear of avoiding who we don't want to be. If the, and so, um, but yeah, exercising, um, you know, training and competing, we encourage people like experience what it's like for all of those. And what did yeah. you learn? And, and but I think we get stuck. It's, 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 it's common to get stuck and I'm, I'm always training and it's like, well, then you're probably not training actually. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, John McCaskill uh, or Dr. Teresa Larson, who's a physical therapist I've had on here. She uh, taught the Kelly Starrett mobility movement course for a while with CrossFit. Um, I'm actually in their whoop group. Uh, so with a bunch of Marines and, and a lot of military guys, and uh, it tells you like the winner of the week for your recovery and your sleep percentage. Oh, and as well yeah. as your strain, there is someone just joined the group and like by every morning, he, I think he's doing like a 30 mile run and his strain is like maxed out. <laughs> he's like, winning the strain. <laughs> he's winning the strain. And I'm like, I'm not trying to compete with that exactly. So it's that awareness of like, I'm going to win the recovery piece, right, or, you know, right. or, yeah. um, and again, with a kid on the way, <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, I'm, yeah. you have to bank your sleep now. Right. So it's, yeah. it's going to be very interesting to track that, but. Uh, yeah, there's definitely the, the difference of identity and um, it's, yeah, I'm just really, really uh, appreciate you guys sharing all these concepts. I did want to, um, before we wrap up, being respectful of your time, uh, we did throw a few terms out that uh, I wanted to add the glossary here at the end of red shirts was as uh, the folks that teach the seminar staff at CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So they wear a red shirt. That's the coach. That's the, the seminar staff. Uh, rhabdo, Bill mentioned, is short for rhabdomyolysis, which is a common thing that happens with uh, the kind of perfect storm of dehydration, being uh, mentally a former athlete and trying to get back into a really high level. And you can do more muscle damage than you probably should do. So, And as one of my first CrossFit classes ever, the coach said, uh, if you're peeing Coca-Cola tomorrow, go to the emergency room. Don't call me, uh, which was fun. Um, I did not I did not get rhabdo that, that time. But uh, yeah, rhabdomyolysis is, again, relatively important thing. And again, CrossFit got a lot of flack back in around that time I was entering 2010 yeah. for having, uh, was it uncle rhabdo with the, right, the, yeah. the dialysis machine hooked up. To yes, him and, yes. and, um, <laughs> at the end of the day though, again, as again, a lot of the negatives of CrossFit, I'll put the, the positive spin on it and say, I think they did do more to bring attention to that stuff. And we've oh, probably right. seen more rhabdo, uh, severe cases with Pelotons and, and spin classes than, uh, you know, uh, the, the mix of injuries in, in CrossFit, sure. but yeah, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you guys have any 
I think those are the big uh, terms that <laughs> I wrote down to make sure yeah. we, we touched on uh, for anyone who's like, what's that mean? Um, Cause I've gotten definitely gotten some negative or people being like, Hey, what did, what did that thing mean? And I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to take an hour and do show notes. Sorry guys. Um, but <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm just here selfishly again. So I can have fun conversations with yeah, yeah. awesome human beings. Um, so if you guys have any closing thoughts uh, before we let you go, I'd love to hear again. I'm again, I just wanted to double down on the fact that I'm just, I love that there's more again, folks like you doing these things. And I want to be able to kind of, again, support y'all in any way. Um, and get these kind of messages out there for sure. So yeah, any no, closing awesome. thoughts? No, I mean, same same <laughs> for you. And we love these conversations. And that's a lot of our... Yeah, things. just appreciate to have a chat. And, yeah. and I think, you know, the uh, connecting with people who are curious and who are open-minded and who are willing to listen and learn and suspend perhaps what they've heard or repeated many, many times in their own right is, uh, that's a beautiful thing. And it does, it does restore some hope and, yeah. you know, that's, that's really cool. So thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, we, we are, like I said, just on the beginnings of this seminar. So that's kind of a cool thing for us. Cause I think being able to get out there to other trainers and coaches is where it's, you know, a num you know, strength in numbers and people going back and learning something to share with their communities. So that's something we're embarking on. So I'll uh, be sure to share when we have info for you and um, yeah, just spreading the word to anyone that is also curious. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had the website down there uh, between the ears.com that's BTWN the ears.com. Uh, don't add that third E like Kariana yes. did when she <laughs> texted me earlier. That's okay. And uh, again, if uh, we'll have, we will have links should be in the show notes, wherever you guys are watching or listening yeah. to this, but anywhere else folks can connect with you or is that just the best place is the website? Yeah. Instagram. We've same thing between the ears like that on uh, Instagram between the ears, fitness, Bill Anthes, Kariana Anthes. So. And Bill, if you want to tell the, the, the horse, story maybe at this point. oh yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you spell between the ears the way you any normal human would uh with the ease <laughs> all of the ease you'll you'll be greeted by lovely sights of trails and pastures and the back of horses heads yeah and that Fun was fact. uh that's not the between when the I, when I first was trying to get that you know those accounts secured and that was what i saw i was like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> Hey, yes. uh, things we learn as we as we go and that we would yeah. never otherwise yeah. have any knowledge of uh, if you're not in that world, but uh, very cool. So yeah, I mean, we, we touched on like a lot of my favorite words from life for their virtuosity, <laughs> authenticity, identity, uh, even faith and belief and uh, intention, quality. And uh, have you guys actually, before I, 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 one of my favorite books that I recommend a lot, and I think Tim Ferriss is actually where I got this is... Uh, a book called Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Have you guys heard of that one? Yeah. It's oh, like $7 or something on, on uh, Amazon, I think. And uh, it's written by, he was a Jesuit priest that ended up getting into uh, all sorts of other religions and just seeing like where, you know, let's not make it about party lines kind of thing. And let's, let's see mm -hmm. where the spirituality can actually bring us. And uh, very cool book. I highly recommend very quick read too. a lot yeah, of deep fun. stuff to unpack and probably requires some rereads. But I think Tim Ferriss has like 30 copies that he just keeps at all times that he gives out to whoever comes by his house. Yeah. Um, and so I've kind of embraced that, but I wanted to bring that up because I think there was a lot of the stuff we're talking about here that definitely um, connects that. And just yeah. that concept of awareness for yeah. me is, is, one of the big takeaways. So uh, again, yeah, uh, no, thanks. We'll check that out. Yeah. 
um well we'll we'll sign off you guys can stay on yeah. but um again uh appreciate you guys being here i know i got at least one percent better today as i like to say um and uh without further ado we are signing off and sometime before you leave don't forget to share this with at least one person who you think will benefit from this conversation we hope that you got one percent better and we hope you can help get someone else one percent better all that combined will get this world moving, grooving, feeling better. So please share this out. Just hit that share button. Find someone who you think will benefit from it. Keep us growing. We really appreciate it. Talk to you guys next time.